Greetings, friends! This episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Usual Wines. Griffey, are you a fine wine drinker? I mean, absolutely. Everyone who listens to this show uh, is aware of uh, my love of a fine vintage and, uh, you know, getting loose so I can throw some movie conspiracies. I, I legitimately did not expect you to answer that way, so I'm completely thrown now. Well, there you go. This usual, ad is, usual I don't know what wines, Yeah, Usual Wines probably has a very taut algorithm. I'm like, who's a bad mofo uh, who loves movies and drinking copious wa- amounts of wine and they're like boop 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 that guy griff film alchemist <laughs> and here we find uh, ourselves <laughs> yeah usual wines it's a uh, wine company for the modern drinker whatever that means that's me i'm like i'm like that's, a terminator oh, right so it's, their it's algorithm griffy. yeah their algorithm is skynet and they're like griffy we need him <laughs> and i appear butt naked with little bottles in my hand and i just terminate <laughs> alcoholic beverages that's what i do that is what the modern drinker is. It's me butt naked, hammering delicious vintages from uh, Usual God. Wines. God, I hope they listen to this, uh, guys. If you like, <laughs> if you like wine, these this company is definitely for you. Uh, each bottle is a six and a half ounce pour, which is uh, like a glass and a half, which is mm-hmm. perfect if you don't want to waste a whole bottle. Um, it's low carb, but then most importantly for my friend Griff here, zero grams of sugar according to their website. Yeah, the the end of my Terminator movie is not me going into lava, but like a stack of sugar. I'm just like, no, and I'm melting. Yeah, I, I love the idea of low sugar. I love the idea of the individual bottle. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to like keep corking it. You know, then you have like that third at the bottom that's left. It never tastes good the next day. Exactly. Also, exactly. with smaller bottles, you can try various different uh, flavors. You don't want to yeah. commit to a whole bottle. You're like, I want to have one and then switch on to a new flavor. I love that. They have three, I think, in circulation right now. One's a red blend, the other was a rosé, and then there's a sparkling white wine called a Brut, which I'm actually enjoying right now during this recording uh, in this cool, like, mad scientist beaker they're keeping it in. <laughs> I, I like it a lot. It's a, it's, a fun, it's, it's fun to check it out. But, yeah, uh, my wife and I uh, drank it while we were watching the movie and uh, actually made the movie more enjoyable, which isn't to say it wasn't enjoyable already, but, man, once you got liquor in you. Yeah. Good, so you get a news. cool little Bunsen uh, beaker bottle of booze. Afterwards, you can make Invisible Man potion. <laughs> you can sit down with your friends and watch The Princess Bride. And when they say, you are the Brute Squad, you just hammer your whole case of Brutes <laughs> using the code FILM as you check out. So you'll get a discount for being our listeners. And when yes. you, you hammer the whole thing, when they tell Andre, you are the Brute Squad, you drink all your Brutes, you get back on Usual Wine's website. And you order a whole gang more using Indeed. the code FILM. What's the website, Alec? What's the official if you website? Go to, uh, you go to www.usualwines.com. Uh, with your order, you put the discount code FILM in, mm-hmm. and you'll get $8 off your first order, and you get a free, uh, you get a free glass on them. And when you drink your free glass for being a Film Alchemist listener, you picture me running up to Bill Paxton naked. <laughs> With wines. Now I know they're going to sell this. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let's get to the pod.
Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my cute little orphan in ribbons around his neck and wrist, and co-host... 33-year-old Alex Dandino. Yes. <laughs> Accurate. Spoilers! This movie's only like 20 years old. Spoilers! All right, guys, <laughs> if you're here with us tonight, we hope that you love the show. If this is your first time joining us, welcome, guys. Uh, either way, please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find podcasts, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That helps us out enormously. It helps us with our metrics, finding new people, getting on charts, all that good stuff. Uh, ways to help grow the pod. We appreciate that a lot. You can also see our faces as well as hear our voices on our YouTube channel, The Nerd Alchemist. Um, constantly working on growing and coming up with some new content for over there as we're going to keep building through the end of the year. Uh, so thank you guys who have been joining us over there. Subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Uh, we're on all the social medias you're on. That's a great way to get a hold of us. We love hearing from you guys. In that same vein, you can email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your suggestions for uh, themes, movies, new or old, guest host. Anything you want us to talk about, we would love to hear from you. Uh, so go ahead, guys. Reach out. Get at us. All right. This month, as you guys know, the pod's evil spawn. So these have been um, evil kid movies, right? Movies movies where uh, the truest thing that I think everyone in the universe agrees, right? The innocence of children, right? That no matter how shitty things get, you're like, the kids, it's for the kids. The future's for the children. They'll save us. It's fine. It's fine as long as we have the children. Uh, this month we said, what if them kids wants us gone, right? And that's what we've been doing all month. So we we went old school with the bad seed and Rhoda. Uh, we did the good son with Macaulay Culkin who would fucking beat Kevin McAllister's monkey ass all over the earth. We did Village of the Damned and said, what if it was an outside force that ruined our children rather than just aloof, rich parents? Uh, this movie, though, Orphan, easily, without a doubt, my favorite evil child movie. I know some people will take umbrage and say that's cheating, <laughs> Is it? but I think you're wrong because what I think this movie does, right? What I think Orphan does is as we've watched so many of these evil kids movies this month, right? Even beyond, sadly, the ones we're able to cover with schedule and this and that. Uh, there are some tropes of these things that become true. Orphan is somewhat the perfect distillation and sacrilegious mockery of the <laughs> evil kid movie. And it becomes so fun and so wild and so intense. I think Esther, without a doubt, is the scariest non-supernaturally charged child in any movie I've ever seen. Uh, Alex, initial thoughts on Orphan. I mean, Orphan's one of those, yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example of all of the powers that evil children have combined into one movie. I will also say it continues with our theme, which I've decided is the true theme of the Evil Spawn Month. Aloof, <laughs> shitty parents, namely dads. Wow. Well, yeah, I was going to say that the if we if we came up, like if we're Jamie Kennedying and Scream, the rules of Evil Children Month, right? Holy shit. Uh, rich parents, because, rich. well, because people who are like working parents, they don't have time for bad kids. They'll yeah. just smack you down like life's coming at you, right? Agreed. Handy. So it's always rich parents. 
The dad is always the worst. Always. Um, oftentimes throw in drinking problems, throw in uh, shittier siblings. You usually have a sibling who draws the crimes that we've seen. So there are a lot of these things you start to recognize, but this one has it. I think the thing that is so baffling, right? Because I, I love this movie straight up. Because it, it, I mean, it just starts off with, I had forgotten about the ultra intense Whew. stillbirth nightmare scene. Holy shit. Just the, the blood in the hallway and, and the, it's dead and her husband is actually the doctor. But he's also filming it for fun and it's it's so brutal. And when they hold the baby, you're just like, holy shit. Well, yeah, shit. that's what I'm saying. Like the very top of the movie, you're going to get that dead baby up on the scoreboard immediately. Like th- this movie's playing for keeps. Yeah. Well, it's but the nice thing is, is that they they cheat the because the dead baby scoreboard at the end of the movie is asterisked because you're like, we did hear a cry. You're like, that's not a healthy, normal, happy baby. But we did hear a wee. So you're like, all right. So it's a zombie. I'm not giving any. Listen, I'm not giving any asterisk. That's a fucking dead baby as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Oh, my. But, But it's one of those. It just tells you right away. Because uh, I had forgotten about the hard opening, right? I thought this was kind of one of those slow roll good sun setups. No, they let you know right out of the bat, this movie is coming at you with an aggressive nature that a lot of the evil kid movies, they do this slow roll, right? They have to play it a little slower to set you up, right? What Orphan tells you, Orphan is the weird exception where you're never comfortable for a frame of this film to me, right? Because they're not doing the, oh, here's a normal family like you and I have experienced. Normal cousins, normal neighbors, whatever. And we're going to slide in and, oh, my God, the yeah. dark underbelly, right? The the hideous visage under the mask of normalcy. This movie doesn't do that because the other thing this movie does well is this is the uh, the old defense that they do in horror movies. It's okay if terrible things happen as long as they're super rich. Because the moment I saw that house, you're kind of like, ah, fuck these people. Yeah. The moment you, the moment you roll up to the uh, Frank Lloyd Wright house in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the woods, and then you see the husband's uh, architect, and the wife gets to just yeah. play her Steinway like all day long, whatever she wants to do, and then like try, they yeah. like try to pepper in like, oh well, she had a wonderful position at Yale. I'm like, teaching music theory, really? Yale? Is that where all the I music? I mean, that theorists? sounds like one of those. But that sounds like one of those jobs that people get that's like a nonsense, stupid job to society. But they get to live in that house with like the rock wall fireplace. You're like, all right, cool. Nice greenhouse, you fuckers. So like immediately you're like, fuck this family. And it's so baffling, too, because it starts like this is the weird thing about this movie is like you spent. I really felt like a baby deer on ice at the start of this film. It's like, who in the fuck? Am I supposed to latch on to? Because you're like, I love Vera Farmiga. I, I drink at the fountain. She is one of the great, greatest assets we have working in motion pictures today. Right. Adore her, right? But immediately, her character is so obnoxious to me. Because one of the first things we see is she's like, well, there, there's so many strange things at the start with her character, right? Is One, it's the little deaf girl, right? Her daughter, you're like, okay, that's a thing. They never pay off the deafness, by the way, which annoyed me. Neither here nor there, except for that she's a lip-reading spy. Yes. <laughs> At the end, Esther steals the, the earphones, and I'm like, where, where, how's that going to pay off? That should be a great scare, right, where the screen goes completely silent. We, never mind. I'm jumping ahead. But, right, she just literally is like, oh, daughter, you want to read the the lovable dead sister book? 
I was like, who puts out the Dead Sister book? Is that a golden? I was like, what the fuck is happening? I mean, to and me, then- <laughs> it was... I mean, to me... Well, there's it's one, one more. I don't know if you caught this, but it's her saying, I so desperately wish I could have a, a, a kid to replace the one I lost, right? The stillborn. The first time we really see her parenting is when she's trying to do piano shit, and her kid is just throwing a ball around. Classic kid behavior. And she stomps outside like, shut the fuck up. Unemployed mommy's working. And I was like, so immediately you're just like, everything feels untrue in this life. I mean, it all feels very put upon. Like, I think that's the thing is I don't feel the only person I feel bad for in this movie is the kids because they've had to deal with these parents the entire time. And now they have to deal with parents who have had a stillborn, which I'm sure is, again, horrible. And I would never begrudge anyone, but the grief combined with them being shitty parents already, I cannot imagine what it's like to live in that house. Right. So, well, it's it's the weird film where the 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 stillborn baby feels so added on to me, right? Because they give her the two backstories. Whereas you were an alcoholic and almost killed our daughter, right? Right. Um, I don't know if they were hinting at because they said she was born almost deaf or that maybe that happened in the ice like George Bailey's brother. Right. right? That's what I thought. And so I was like, all right. So, yeah, I was like, so you're an alcoholic and almost killed your kid. That's plenty of grief. Yeah. And it felt like they're like, let's do the stillborn thing simply so we can show why they would want to adopt a kid. And you're like, dude, that's rich people. One oh one. Like, how can we church up the gram? Oh, we'll adopt a kid. That's how we're going to church up the grand. And make, like, I don't know. If I was I'd like, you don't need any. On. Um, I well, get... because, but that's what I mean. It didn't feel that's it felt like there were like do the alcoholism or do the other. They didn't feel conjoined enough to me. Well, right. Because she was probably an alcoholic before the stillborn. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think they're meant to be conjoined. Like to me, they're completely different story elements. Like one is to show the person she was. And the kind of mother that right. she's trying not to be anymore. And then yeah. the stillborn birth that starts the movie off is meant to show, like, she's now attempting to be a better person. She's attempting to try so a start over, so to speak. Like, who knows why yeah. people do that kind of thing. But, I mean, this is a great example of, like, you know, you've heard the term, like, anchor baby. I'm sure this is probably this is probably part of it. And that's why, like, they have, like, that's why her and Peter Sarsgaard's character have such, like, a sort of disconnect in the beginning of the movie and all they want to do is go adopt a kid it's like okay cool if we can adopt an older kid we yeah. don't have to do any of the things that you normally have to do with like a delicate child like it's almost like it's almost <laughs> like a tap to strikes against her because it's like listen we know you fucked up with a kid kid so why don't we try like an older one that can like support themselves and then you can just like make sure they don't die throughout the day like it's this like yeah it's weird <laughs> And again, it's one of those things that like starts off the movie and you're like, oh, so an infant died. We still have to read books about it to the to the daughter. And again, Max, by the way, is my new favorite final girl of any movie ever. We'll get to that. Yeah, that that fucking kid has seen some shit. Like, thank God. Like, it's like God should have made you blind, not deaf with all the shit you've had to see. Like. That's insane, yeah, dude. Like she, we'll get to how amazing that girl is because she deserves all the credit. But I yeah, mean, but this is what I mean, though. The seriousness of their choice for adoption is played to us as let's put on our cool rich people pajamas and go. Hey, we don't have to do this for me. No, no, no. I we we probably should. Uh, we got a brochure. We probably should. 
that's the seriousness with which they're taking this. I mean, so it's like, I don't know that we just needed to dig that. W- I mean, it is fun, though, because I would argue the time against frame? myself almost. Four months is, after the stillborn? Oh, shit, was it? See, I thought it was like a while after. She had those it, giant roses. I thought it was maybe. I don't know how fast roses grow. Maybe I'm thinking. Maybe I can't remember what form. Maybe it was four months. I have to look this up now. But like, I feel like the time frame was very short. And I even thought to well, myself, if it's like, that Jesus. short, that gets back to uh, Skarsgård is the worst partner slash husband. It's like, Holy hey, man, shit. pump the fucking brakes. Yeah. Dude. Why don't you just relax, bro? Like, yeah. Good Lord. Right. If it's four months, that's insane. But what, yeah, what I would say is I would argue against myself, though, is I was like anything you give Vera Farmiga to, you know, emote with. Yeah. Is beneficial. Right. Because there are. There are a lot of small moments in this movie I really love of her, like, struggling at the wine store. That scene was just captivating to me, right? Because mm-hmm. it feels like you're slamming the brakes on this thriller that we're setting up. Her family's falling apart, and in the midst of that, she's fighting her own little battle against this fucking wine glass. Right. But that scene really meant a lot to me, you know? So that's kind of the value of having her, and you let her, you know, sure. instead of putting her in The Conjuring where she's all buttoned up like, Ooh, look at me. Ah, ghost. Right? You, like, actually let her grapple a little bit. Right. You know, it just works, even though it feels a little narratively void at times to me. I mean. But it's cool because that's the other thing, though, is that the alcoholism is such a good subplot with the. Because I love how they weaponize rich lady stuff against her, right? Which is like, I go to a therapist and she fixes everything. We should take Esther. And then the therapist is like, hey, Esther's cool. Maybe you. She's like fuck you i'm not signing your check <laughs> and the alcoholism play like it felt really i liked a lot of that that was going on right yes yeah i mean i think that that's i i what i liked the most about the way this movie was written is that the plot never the plot of the actual movie never succumbed to the subplots like there's another version of this movie where the uh like where alcoholism takes and really what it ends up being is a great like little it becomes like you were saying a great weaponization against Vera Farmiga's character later on in the movie, mm-hmm. because all these little hints are dropped throughout that she's had issues with alcohol. Like there's a good chance that she let Max almost drown. And the, like the worst thing has happened is that she got, I like, think she became deaf. Like again, it's, it feels like that's where it is. And she lies to Esther and says like, Oh, she was born that way or something like that. I, I feel like mm-hmm. that's part of it in some way, but Ultimately, I love that all this stuff doesn't take hold of the movie itself and it becomes less about Vera Farmiga dealing with her demons and more just dealing with the fact that she's trying to she's trying to rehabilitate herself. But at the same time, make try try to, like, get this entity out of her house as soon as she realizes this is not necessarily daughter material, I'd say. (laughs) It's so fun. Like the turn on Esther is so fucking funny. It's like that because I was I was watching it with my wife and I was like, I think she hated this bitch like way before the the evil stuff started. The first day she's like, hey, I bought you cool jeans that were probably like eight thousand dollars. You should wear those. And she's like, but mommies, you said it is okay to be weird. Yeah. And she's like, you're right. I was waiting to find out what accent you go with for Esther. Yeah, right. I think the moment Esther walked past, she's like, that bitch, I hate her back to the orphanage with your fucking doll dressed Bo Peep ass. Get to the orphanage. Like, that was when she broke. 
But then the movie's like, oh, we better build that out. Like, she hated Esther at that very... I think even you could say maybe a little in advance. Like, she sees that, uh, you know, Peter Skarsgård's dad found her first. Yeah. And she's like, that's not okay, right? Like, I had to find her first, not (laughs) not my husband. But there's, there's so much weirdness going on in that dynamic but what i think this movie does and this is why vera formiga is so important in the movie is because i think what it becomes in a, a really cool way like you said none of this ever takes away from this like building of the thriller right mm-hmm. but i think it just becomes about total loss of self right she has a husband who's cheated on her uh she had a baby that was ripped from her right she, you know not able to be born she talks about how she had to carry it and how torturous that was um, you know, and I know some people that have gone through something like this. It's just an absolute like nightmare scenario. I can't imagine what happens in a mother's mind and heart in that moment, right? So right. you do that, and then the thought of the alcoholism is another thing that you know helps take her away and take her out of control of her own body and life. So it's like I think that becomes a really cool because then it it makes Esther almost more nefarious because we see the cracks in the facade of this lady, and Esther becomes this like. The fog. John Carpenter's The Fog. Like, oh, there's a weakness. Here's I come, mommy. Right? <laughs> like, bamboozles her way in to all this lady's cracks. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's <laughs> because, like, at first, and again, this is <laughs> this is where the movie's kind of a cheat. Because at first you're like, well, wow, that's a very, like, that's like bad seed level Rhoda manipulation. Like, she's clearly, as they say in the movie, a very adroit manipulator. Um, but which I didn't know was the way you're supposed to say that. I thought you said, man, that girl's a fucking nutcase. But what it is, is <laughs> <laughs> but what you got to get that a DSMR or whatever. I know. Yeah. Um, get, your, get your terms up. But that's like kind of the thing that's interesting to me about Esther and Kate, Kate's relationship, like Vera Farmiga. Sorry. I don't even know why we even use character names. Uh, Esther and Vera Farmiga's relationship, because everything she tells her to become close to her ends up being this just huge pitfall. It's amazing. And you think like, Oh wow. Esther's like totally going to lay this trap and like become like something, but you never like, it's interesting because you like, and until the turn in the middle of the third act, you never really know what it is that she's trying to accomplish because it seems like she's just like, all right. So she's just like, what, trying to get rid of a mother. That's weird. Like, why would you do that? And then, like, it becomes crystal clear. You're like, oh, that's, like, fucked up on three different levels. Holy shit. <laughs> and it becomes so much more interesting when yeah. you think back to the rest of the movie. Is you're like, wow, like, this wasn't even a matter of, like, being a good manipulator. It's just a matter of practice. It's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. It really kind of recontextualizes yeah, well, the movie altogether. There's a lot about – we'll save the endings. It changes a lot, like, on subsequent viewings to me, but it always gets better. It feels like one of those kind of hacky endings where you're like, that'll never work. But every time I watch it, it becomes more scary to me, I guess. Plays, plays but, uh, me, man. Yeah, because that's the thing is I, I like – because I wouldn't say it's – I get what you're saying that it kind of feels like a cheat, but I think it's played really well. Like – I mean, it's Whereas smart. she it's is an adroit manipulator, even for being not a child, right? She's certainly not a genius. Like, there's a lot of things where you're like, hey, no. if you lock that kid in the treehouse and start the fucking fire, they're going to know that someone in this house locked his ass in there. Like, 
that's not good criminally. Well, right? what was that thing? So they're that like, it, it's okay. Well, that's the thing that's like CCH Pounder said when she comes to the house the first time there's like an incident. And she's like, yeah, well, usually like some girl breaks her leg or some girl breaks her arm and there's Esther or something bad happens and there's Esther. I'm like, right. Huh. Sensing a pattern here. Is anyone going to like pick up on this or anything like that? Yeah, but that's what's so funny, though, because I would say if the movie cheated, that's where it cheats to me is because she kind of says she's like, Esther's always around the trouble, but's never been fingered for the crimes. And you're like, oh, look at this little genius. <laughs> and not more than two minutes later in the film, she's just claw hammering a nun and dragging her six feet. And I was like the the evidentiary trail, right? Weird nun from creepy orphan house comes to see creepier orphan who's at this place where a girl just got to lay like the, the breadcrumbs are pretty fucking huge. The cops in this movie are non-existent. Yeah. And I think that's the amazing thing <laughs> is that no one puts it together. Like yeah. everyone is terrible at actually putting things together in this movie. And right. N no one is more bad at it than than Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> He's got a whole thing, but but what I think they do so well, right, is because it, it weaponizes the 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 main game of the evil Spawn movie, which is it is impossible for us to accept that these children could be doing this. Right. It is impossible for us to accept that there is a proportional dwarfism psychopath who is just like I'll also play on the playground. Like that's just not something that can cross only the most like melted minds like you know guys like us who have watched enough of these movies would even be like yeah that would be a good x-files but you still wouldn't believe it even if you saw it right but they add this really fun thing i like besides the creepy uh let's read about my dead sister book right which is bad parenting right off the top right um <laughs> right they use her in that void in her life right she's like is yeah. jessica an angel we see max has this attachment to that Max becomes this little accomplice for her is her lip reading spy says, Oh no, she did push. So there's all these moments where that starts to cover up the stupidity of other characters. Cause now you're like, Oh, well now the little cute sign languaging girl is like in that the girl they cast for Max is her cuteness is just on an unbelievable scale off the you're like that girl could never see a horrendous crime and lie about it off the chair you're like the other girl in school was a bitch so you're like maybe you're fooling yourself in your own mind maybe she deserved it no no what's that <laughs> so, but they play on this right yeah and then you start saying like well when the sun right she runs in on the sun and puts a box cutter and she's like i'll cut off your tiny pecker before you even knows how to use it yeah and I was like, oh, you pissed yourself. It's like great, great moment in the movie. But I was like, dude, the first thing I do is I go jump in mom and dad's bed. And like, look at my piss pants. She said she's going to take my hairless pecker. And I never leave my parents' side until Esther's not in the home. Yeah. And I say, Esther, you got to bring your box cutter and take on mom and dad's right hooks. Like, I'm not leaving that bed or changing my piss pants until this is done. But they... But it doesn't feel wrong in a weird way, right? There is this, like, because he feels a little threatened, right? Like, he's like, oh, my friends make fun of me. So you're like, maybe he's trying to macho it up. So that's what I mean. I think the movie feels like a cheat because Esther's crimes are so obvious. But when you have other kids masking for her, like, if you asked your two kids, like, I asked my two kids, 
hey, did the neighbor girl fucking snap legs and try to cut your weenies off? And they're like, no, Pa, it's cool. I'd be like, well, that feels like something they'd confide in me. I'd imagine they want their weenies still. All right, like, you know, hey, roll her out into traffic. <laughs> that's right. what they do in this movie. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, I think that's the thing is this movie plays on, like I was saying, the aloofness of literally every adult. Like, no one can imagine this person, this small child, so to speak, doing horrible, yeah. like, contemptible things. And I think that's the thing that's so entertaining right. about this movie is it takes so long for anybody, including Vera Farmiga, to finally come around to it. That because like a couple of times, like in the very beginning of the movie, does it take her that long? (laughs) Someone has to die before she starts figuring it out. So, yes, it does. Like, as far as I'm concerned, see, I feel like she's already off and then she's like, oh, well, now I can start like screaming about it. But see, here's the thing is she starts by sort of she does the same thing Peter Sarsgaard's character does, because like the first instance we see (laughs) sort of that's a bad idea is when they're like playing out on the ice because that's compounded with sort of like what we already know might've happened to Max when she was younger and probably a bad, Mm -hmm. probably a bad memory there anyway. So she runs, I she's like, no. And Esther obviously is a kid. She doesn't know any better. So on and so forth. So you can kind of chalk that one up as like, Oh, well that's just kid stuff. Like I like my kid fucking plays under the stairs all the time and has absolutely no idea that like every time he bumps his head, I'm like, maybe don't do that dummy. Like those are the kinds of things like kids do. So all the time they do. Yeah. So you can kind of chalk that one up, but (laughs) once things get a little more nefarious and like mainly like once the little girl gets, once she pushes that little girl off the uh, plate, like for the playground, then you're like, then that's when Vera Farmiga is like, huh? All right. Something's, Something's not quite right here. And then, of course, she also brings up the the best was it's still one of my favorite. Like, yes, it is like the worst sex scene of all time between two parents. Let's let's pause right here and do this. OK, yeah, let's let's so let's get into this, this right this now. This scene, because this is an important moment in the movie, right? Very because important. One, when we learn later is that they're both fighting for daddy's attention Two. Um, this gets to a core thing because not that long ago in the narrative, we saw that she was un unready. Right, Skarsgård comes in, he's like, hey, "It's time," and she's like, "Nah, man, I'm brushing my teeth. Like, I don't, my body doesn't feel good. I'm stressed out. I'm scared." Before she went to the orphanage, right? Something about getting Esther just lights her back up, right? <laughs> and we get the uh, they're going at it in the bed, and Esther's like. We are scouts. We I need to sleep by daddy and does the big spoon while Peter Skarsgård's like joking like hmm, let daddy roll over and cover this uh, tent spike. <laughs> and you're like, what is happening in this home? Right? Esther's all creepy in the lightning and shit. Yes. So that's kind of our pretext into what's happening. But that night something was unlocked and she becomes this animalistically wild mother that's like, well, I'm just doing dishes. It's OK to bend me over in the kitchen and take my I, I have two kids that are both under five years old, right? And the thought of them walking in on me and mom during our wrestling sessions is a nightmare. <laughs> is a literal nightmare that I go to extreme lengths to make sure never occurs, right? Wrestling time is for mom and dad, right? Right. When we close the door, it's Friday night smackdown. 
You guys go to bed, right? Don't come in for any reason. If I smell smoke, I'll come save you. Don't come in, right? There's no possible way that it's going to happen. Like, just get caught. And so this is scarier because we saw her sons already doing the page 38 will change your life. Look at the the meat flaps on the spread. It's like this kid's already getting into the pornography life, right? So even among Max and Esther, the thought of her young son coming down and just seeing father despoiling her while they eat their Cheerios. You know, and this is the thing. I think we are very sexually prudish in this country and need to lighten up a bit. Sure. But also no one wants to see their mom get fucked on the counter. I don't want to see my mom. I don't want to see anybody's mom, let alone my own, get fucked on the kitchen counter. That's not okay in any regard. Like, yeah, no. So these terrible. Well, then you know your parents are disgusting, wild things, savages. Right. It's like, go to the softly lit bedroom with flower petals, like real grown-ups. Right. Like, <laughs> so you're already primed for like the maximum terribleness of these parents because like they did it. Then the next scene is them going like, "Hey Esther, I think we need to talk about what happened." And she literally just turns around and drops that. And she goes, "You mean the fact that you guys fucked?" Like just dropping it right there. You're like, "Yeah, cool, all right." And again, that's like a great like first instance of and then like later on they're talking about it and she's like no she knows what that means and i'm like and later on in the movie yeah. like oh yeah she does it was but it's it's such a but this is what, what i mean though because this is the rare movie of the evil spawns right where it is the mother who is calling out the child right normally it's another child or you know something more like that in the movies we've seen uh, even Rhoda's mom figures it out, but is on Rhoda's fucking side, it seems, until the sleeping pills. Yes. So this one puts him in direct confrontation, both on a physical and fucking psychological level. But this one is so... Because I think that scene is specifically designed to make every mom go, it's okay how many children die in the rest of this movie. Because there's no way like our parents watch that and go... Well, these are just good rich people. Like, I hope everything goes. Because, I mean, seriously, my dad would be like, what the fuck? Like, no one I know's parents would be like, yes, I always fucked when they were 12. You know, my son likes to play Guitar Hero right there. That makes me hard. Let's bang. You know? <laughs> the smell of Dawn dish soap. And it's so it's, it's one of those scenes that's designed to make normals yes. hate this fucking couple hate this couple to the point where i think the entire point of that scene is so that everyone watching the rest of the movie feels like they're getting their cersei lannister walk of shame and ass whipping down the the alley i because other than that i cannot fathom why that's because i was like did you write that on your adoption application spontaneous public room fucking right like the state gave you a child I think that's a little simplistic. I'm sure that they... Is it? I'm sure that carnal desire is certainly their intention. However, again, you and I are people who maybe don't want to have sex in a kitchen. All right? I'm just... I'm not that kind of guy. No, I would love to have sex in a kitchen. I'd love to have sex in my game closet. I'd love to have sex on my back porch. The kids swing set. I'd love to have sex everywhere. The difference is I don't want to foist yeah. him and my mother's wanna, naked bodies into his mind. Yeah, I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't want to do that to my kid. That's horrifying. Yeah. So, 
again, it's a, it's a matter of... And the neighbors can only find that kind of stuff on OnlyFans anyways. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a matter of principle. So, like, so yeah. what, it, what it does in the movie is it, re, it reconfigures everyone's notions. Like, Peter Sarsgaard was already kind of a shitbag parent because he's, like, A, yeah. flirting with that one mom at the um, playground and then lighting up a smoke on the playground while his daughter goes and tries to fucking... Wait. All right, let's just kid. do let's let's do Skarsgård now. As we're talking about shittiest parents of all time, so Skarsgård is the culmination of all the aloof bad fathers that we've done. Right? The, True. I provide money, so I'm cool. I'm the guy when he says, "Hey, she's not my sister." Blah, fuck her. Blah, blah. <laughs> oh, that's me. I better go chat him up and lock up his treehouse. Like, right. yeah, way to really get in there, Skarsgård. Get knee deep in the family shit, you piece of trash but that's he is so uninterested in anything other than being i am the super cool designer rich guy because i was watching that scene on the playground i'm like 100 percent they fucked yes one million percent the fact that she said hey guy who doesn't look strong at all come over and move a chair move a chair what are you yeah. fucking twelve? Move your own chair. And it's Esther saw it. You saw it on Esther's face. Yeah. She's like, "That's my dad. That's my daddy." Yeah, she knows what's up. Like that. So this is the thing. We know that he got caught fucking. Right. And I don't think, I don't think it was just that one time. He's like, I had one indiscretion. I'm like, no, no, no. You were fucking the whole HOA. Nah, bro. I was like, that. This is the thing. That guy is not the kind of guy who's on an HOA board. I mean, I'm a member of an HOA, and I would stay away from them like they are the actual fucking plague. That guy is not there unless he is drowning in WAP. <laughs> Furthermore, that guy also is not on the HOA who, at the playground, lights up a cigarette. Like, like it's just like it's a bar. Like, it's right outside the bar. Like, he literally... Well, for him, it is a bar. Every playground is just last call for old yeah. Peter Scar's guy. Par- apparently, good lord. No. Yeah, every playground he's like, it's closing time. Loved- I'm looking for some strange. But I do love the choice. Like it's like such a quick cut. But it's I love the choice yeah. of like when Esther goes hunting for this girl. Peter Sarsgaard, where, where's the dad? Like the, the choice isn't like oh he's focused on Max or anything. It's, no, he's got to light up that smoke. It's with with not only light up a smoke, he's got to light up a smoke with. A match i'm like oh you douche it's a fucking cigarette. so hip so no because he does he's like every single scratch of that match head he's like well there's another lady sliding off a park bench and right into my waiting arms yeah that's his spider web of moisture right there he's yeah. like Tsh. he probably has a flask full of like absinthe he's like yes i'm very but no <laughs> a quick a quick detour from him being the worst husband he's ever the scourge right? of the age i do think oh yeah he is just lighting it up, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why everything was so frosted on that swing set. That's like his go-to zone. But <laughs> but you did hit on something I found amazing. The way they shot the uh, kid's swing set, exactly like it was a scene in Predator. Yes. Made me so happy because that's like, it really is like if you go to playgrounds and you're supervising your kids, right? And like my two and a half year old can climb and shit, but he's not like if I saw him high enough, you're like, ooh, fuck. He has no ability to like climb and do enough to like save himself. 
So you get all like, oh, I better get ready to catch him or like bring him back, whatever. But there is a, a period of time as a parent where you, you just lose them. Yeah. And all you hear is the sounds of carnage. And you're like, it is literally the Wild Things book, right? Like, you have sailed on a ship to a land full of hideous beasts of claw and tooth and yellow eyes. Right? Other children. And I pray to God you get out when the rumpus is done. Because <laughs> it's something that scares me. And sometimes I try to crawl my fucking big ass up there. And I get stuck. And there's, like, places I can't go. And you're like, this is wild. Like, there will just be, like, 20 kids running around. And it's, like, Fury Road. So I thought that scene was so fucking brilliantly executed. It was amazing. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was perfectly, it was perfectly done. And also, <laughs> this is another thing, too. Is I, I was watching the movie. I was the, Specifically this scene, I was like, why is this little girl who bullied this other girl at, the, at her school and clearly saw that she's unhinged, why is she looking for esther like i would be like you know what i'm gonna do play in another part of the park because this bitch is out of her mind like there is a level yeah. of well, this, that's that that's that affluent bully shit she's never gotten punched never in got the nose got. yet yeah yeah she's like i run this shit she's like little bo peep's not gonna do anything russian bo peep can't get me and then all of a sudden she gets up there on that fucking crispy creamed swing set and she's like oh lord She's like, I'm not the bully up here. Oh, God, I'm alone. And she knows what's up. She and Esther gets up. her ass. Yes. Also, I'm like, you dumb piece of trash. Like, don't fall to the side. Dive head first down the slide and make a quick getaway. Duh. Yeah, for real. Idiot. So she almost got what she deserved. But but that's what this movie does a really good job of making you feel like, eh, they had it coming to every yeah. person. Because <laughs> it really is a movie about Russian psychopath coming over to murder our kids and families and you do spend most of the movie going "Eh, all right well like max is a great example of a character who's like a total shit bird for the first half of the movie and you're like why don't you just be cool and why don't you not be like a total dick to her at the dinner table so she like clearly has a reason in front of your parents to know that you're that's not max that's daniel max daniel sorry yeah god damn daniel is a piece of trash big little piece of shit so daniel Okay, and to be fair, because I can hear listeners screaming, we were all not good at that age. Absolutely. Like, a lot of it was like, what would our friends say? Like, a lot of us were not brave totally. and heroic at that age. Sure. I mean, like, it's easy to be, it's easier to be Max in this movie because you're the little sister and, you know, you want a big sister. And, of course, your older brother is cool, too. But, like, you want a big sister. That's exciting. That's a fun thing to do. But Daniel is just such an unbelievable dick to her. Like, the entire time until finally it's like, oh, maybe we don't have to necessarily do that that way. And then by that time, she's like, hey, guess what? I'm going to burn you out of your fucking treehouse, you little dipshit. Like, it's yeah. just. Well, he's just like, dad, dad, I'm nailing dust in the wind. Get over Because that whole moment, right? I'm like, wait, so you're having your welcome to the family party. You have your, uh, you know, you let your teenage son have other teenagers over to shred Guitar Hero loudly while you're welcoming this new uh, unhinged kid into your home. Yeah, I'm like that. Again, that gets back to building this narrative of aloof child. Yes. As a Midwesterner, I was like the thought of even asking my mom if my friends could come over when we were having an event (laughs) like, dude, there's no fucking way it was a. You know, this is a if guests come over, you respect them, you yeah. show them their time, whatever. 
So it's like they're just constantly reinforcing this little fucking weirdness in this house. Also, the treehouse of horrors. I just loved it. Here's this nice treehouse I built, and it's just full of murder weapons yeah. and porn. It's, it's like, like all the dark secrets of this family are trapped up there. It's his version of a diary. Yeah. I mean, it's like porn, <laughs> porn, murder weapons, and then, you know. Actually, the yeah. grossest thing I remember, the grossest thing I saw in this movie was by far the uh, fucking pigeon. When she fucking smashes that thing with a rock, I'm like, that's the grossest thing I've ever seen in a movie. See, I disagree. I disagree because that, that gets back to my thing. I think if you go back through the movie again, I think almost everything Esther says is correct. I think that's what makes her so good in this movie. I think she's almost universally right about everything she says. It's like, you didn't have to kill the nun, but you had to scare her. Oh, no, I said it was gross. I don't know. disagree with your point. I said it was gross. Like the Daniel's little bitch ass should have killed that bird. Right. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have. What I'm saying is when she smashed yeah. it with a rock, it was disgusting and pfft, like splattered everywhere. And that was like, yeah. all right. All the kids should have gone I, in and be like, hey, <laughs> Esther killed that fucking bird. Uh, maybe we should give her back. I think she's weird. Yeah. No, the, the vice arm to me is the memorable. Holy shit. <laughs> like that one. That one made me feel so uncool on my couch. Oh, yes. Uh, I actually was like, am I at the age now where I can just zoom through this? Like, I don't. I get it. Like, I don't want to watch this. It was gross. It was. It's it was gnarly. That one. Oh. But that's that's like one of those stone cold awesome scenes where it's like, look, because that's when we we're into the. That That's one of those. You're like, she might not be the most sophisticated or criminally clever character. Right. But that is She's the dedicated. most stone cold shit that I've seen. Because I was trying to think, right, of all these evil kids movies we've seen. And I know some people say, well, what about the children of the corn? Well, that's like fucking mind control cult stuff. And that's a group of kids, right? You could argue about some others. Damien's like an antichrist. He's super powered, right? Actual just straight up nefarious acts committed by a child, air quotes. Again, if you want to throw that asterisk in, that's fine. But through the course of the movie, we're assuming she's a child. Snapping her own arm, cutting off Jessica's roses. <laughs> that scene was fucking brutal. Oh, my uh, God. Hammer murdering a nun, just beating that nun's fucking head in 20 times with a hammer, right? In front of your then sister. Then she goes after Daniel. Yep. And then when she goes to suffocate Daniel, they're like, this bitch. And then we just see her straight up pincushion Sarsgaard. Yeah. The let me take care of you, daddy, kissing Sarsgaard. I was like, I don't think anyone's as hardcore as Esther. It's not even. Yeah, close by the to way, me. can we talk about this scene, which might be the most hardcore scene in the entire movie? Like, it terrified me more than any other scene in this movie. Yeah. Wow. Because, well <laughs> like, it's right as the reveal is happening of what Esther actually is, which. Like, We're getting the call from Russia now. We get the that call from that Russia. Is, what's her name? La, La Lana? Le, Le, Lena. Lana. Lena. Lena yeah. Clamor, I think. Yeah, and that her scars are actually from, from a straight jacket. pulling at her straight jacket. That was awesome. So it's that's a, a that's cool a great ad. reveal. Yeah. So it starts, oh, yeah, but so it begins though, and this is like it was one of my favorite cuts is when they reveal it and like she's like kind of finally the mask is off and like yeah. which by the way. 
one of the great like subtle makeup jobs ever is like Esther Lena finally becoming like a 33 year old oh woman, which is amazing because it's just but not only is it her melting, but she's becoming this old woman. If you go back and watch it again right after every scene in that movie, I see her now is an older woman. Yeah. Like even before without the makeup and whatever, when I watch it and the way it's portrayed is masterful for a young actress. Mm hmm. I see her as an old woman oh, yeah. in little kids' clothes. It's one of those things that at the end you're like, that's what? It works it so works fucking so well, well when you go back through the film. It requires a second viewing because then you know yeah. the gag. You have to go back and watch it again because like we were yeah. talking about, when you see it as her as an old woman, it's A, the movie is wildly more disturbing, but also like <laughs> that much more fascinating to watch her kind of go through this charade. But yeah. the scene where she tries to seduce Peter Sarsgaard, like, first off, she brings out this lovely charcuterie plate. <laughs> hey, Dad, here's some boner cheese. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what's that? But, yeah, like, it was so, and again, it's one of those things you're like, ew, why is she, ew, why is she dressed like that? Why is she look, oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, like. No, the thing that the is the worst, right? ratcheting up. Well, no, because her doing the daddy and the makeup is, it's a lot to take in right it's there. It's a lot. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But then you're also like, wait, is Skarsgård going to go for it? He seems like that kind of guy. Yeah, you're like, oh, wow, like, Skarsgård's mm. feeling this. <laughs> well, they start doing the uh, the weird lens, right, where it's like drunk vision. <sighs> and it's like, dude, I've drank so many bottles of wine. It never looks like that. If an eight-year-old was trying to neck with me, I'd still be like, Ah! Like you would run away. So much but wine. But Skarsgård, so because he's cigarettes. got a little bit of a Wonka vision, right? Ooh, he's like maybe. Because then she starts. Because he keeps saying no, gross, ew, like oh what, like you know, I was like it's the lady doth protest too much. Oh what, ew. But then she starts scratching his fucking hair, and he's like, I don't know what to do. It's so hard actually parenting, like. Normally, I just fuck HOA ladies and it's like, what? What he just starts weeping. Wow. He's just weeping while this nine year old's like pretty much like, let's fuck. Yeah. He's like, this is the perfect time to emote. <laughs> I was like, what worst, is wrong with worst you? Worst dad. And then, but this is the best. This is what really hammers down the except for that you're like, I think he may do this. And you're like, I'm not prepared for what kind of scene this will be, considering what I saw in the kitchen earlier in the film. So you're just sitting there watching like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Right? Because <laughs> then at the end of all of this, right, her continually trying to, to fuck him. And then he's like, I better stop to emote. He comes to his senses just enough, right? Like, I'm not going to do it. His parenting answer is, go to your room. <laughs> So he has a child who's almost dead, neck injury, maybe brain dead at the hospital, right? His wife just smacked an orphan and got like sneaky needled. She's locked up in the hospital, right? <laughs> Everything in this guy's life is falling apart. And she has told him Esther is the danger. Yes. Esther comes down dressed like a night walker and is ready to fuck him. 
He right. takes all this information in, right? This broken family life and wow, just, Esther did something this, a nine year old should not have done. Like family calculus does beep 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 beep. And the supercomputer of his dad's mind just says, Go to your room. So at the end of the movie, when he gets murdered, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not a great loss. No, (laughs) if anything, the set, if anything, the sequel is Vera Farmiga and uh, Max making their way. Like, it's all right. Well, it's like it's like a sleepless in Seattle thing where she finds a new guy. You're like way better. What was your last what was your last husband like? Well, he tried to fuck our adopted 33 year old daughter almost. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Imagine Paul Rudd if he just uh, fucked everything that moved and didn't help raise the kids. That that was him. That was my man. That was my guy. <laughs> but that's the – they do a good job. He actually has – this is how you know he's like a real shit dad too. He had that line where it got like, oh, you were trying to fuck a lady at the playground. He's like, no, what? No. And it's like, yes. you were. And when he knew he's caught, he's like, remember when you almost killed our daughter, drunkie? <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh. Yeah, he's like always trying to throw it back. I'm like, come on, dude, just yeah. You're not but gonna this, win this this one. movie reminded me of that meme, right? Where the guy has like the wonder tape, and it's like bad marriage, hate each other, and then he slaps it. It's like the tube of leaking water, and he slaps oh, the yeah. tape on, and it's like a kid, because <laughs> this is clearly a horrendous marriage. Yes, like. Whatever worked when they were just living alone in their giant art piece. Right. Right? Like, doing weird Adam's Family gardening. Whatever the fuck rich people do in there. Fucking in the kitchen where they make food, wherever. Uh, All that stuff was probably cool. I would imagine the moment they started having kids, this marriage was pure garbage. I've heard of anchor babies. I've never heard of anchor adoptions. You keep saying that. What does that mean? I thought that was an immigration thing. No. Well, that can be. I mean, a lot. I've heard it from uh, in. um, Have you ever seen the league? It's basically when you think your spouse (laughs) is going to leave you, you get you either get pregnant or you impregnate them so that they are bound to you again. (laughs) See, here in Indiana, those were called uh, duct tape. That's what my dad used to say. He's like, every time my mom would be like, I think it was, I can't remember, it was one of my own, I can't remember who said it, but I heard it once and it made me die laughing. But they're like, hey, this lady's pregnant. And some older man in my life, I can't, man, maybe it was my Nana's husband, Dennis. But he goes, duct tape. Same thing. <laughs> like, that'll fix it all, right? Having exact a Exact same thing. I think thing. it might have been Dennis. Now, that, I can't remember who, but some older guy just went, duct tape and it stuck with me forever because it is one of those and then you have kids and you're like yeah that's not no problems are ever solved by adding children (laughs) especially children that try to have sex with you and kill your kids but yeah um there's so much to get into in the ending i think one of my favorite scenes was the spencer's gift reveal yes uh, that's okay. that's kind of funny because I was like, Can that's we, when Skarsgård was in. He's like, so tacky. So t- all right, I got to I got to t- I got to bring this up because this was one of those things where I was like, because this I texted you in the middle. Of it, I'm like, OK, I have a big this is the one I got to give to this movie because how the fuck she didn't mm. smuggle in all that iridescent paint. So two things. A. Who the fuck paid for all that paint? So how the fuck did she get it in there? 
And two, sure. How do you not notice the mural uh, behind the painting? The like, how do you not notice at least some sketches on the wall? Like, oh, I think the kid's been drawing on the wall, and you start peeling off her paintings and realize it's a mural of her fucking your husband. There's a huge miss. There's a huge miss there. There's a big problem. Uh but it's the one you got to give. First off, it's the one you got to give. No, you don't have to give. You do. When rich people want shit, it just appears for them. When they want something, it just appears. Okay, then that's fine. Whatever. Let's ex- explain. She could have had a delivery man bring in a fucking Dracula's coffin from Monster Squad sized tube of iridescent paint. But how? And Skarsgård would have just been like, cool, what's up, man? Cool, 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 cool. Okay. I'm a, you know, I'm cool. I don't know if you know this. I'm cool. You want to go have a cigarette outside? Can I fuck your wife? Cool, 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 cool. Okay, but are we going to get to the <laughs> hardcore pornography Esther covered up with a few pictures? Come on. Wow. How bad can you well, be at f- parenting to not notice your kids drawing on the wall? Well, no, if there's a give, right? It's that. <laughs> so we are to believe that Esther, as an artist, does three layers of work, right? Which is one. She paints the terrible childlike, like what would be good for a child, but bad for an adult paintings with stories. Right. Right. Two. So she has to suffer as an artist, dumbing down her art for an audience that doesn't appreciate her. Then she, the second layer of artistry is she goes back and makes them deader with X's and scratches and other, you know, angry baby drawings. Yes. And then the third layer of artist is the like lady who does posters for potheads. These giant epic dick and boob murals. <laughs> and she did like three. She of did them. three. They're so good and, and no so one detailed. Noticed she drew all over her walls. And they're just these hardcore. Only black light. Not those. The fucking paint, you can only see it in black light, dude. Not those ones. They were covered up. Yes. They were covered up by her paintings. No, because when it popped out, it was all of a sudden it was like, oh, and then it was like glowing all green and they, they look like alien bodies and shit. Either way. Or at least, I don't know. It was it was glowing in the blacklight. Like she literally did the Spencer's gift of her bedroom. Either And that's how we know she was evil. I, well, I mean, I think you can know she's evil by how illicit. The, I mean, wow. Like, well, you know what? <laughs> okay, funny, funny scene. Pairing the Spencer's gift reveal, right? And the fact that she wanted to fuck Skarsgård. There's a moment during Esther's transformation where they started unwrapping her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I'm about to see little Russian orphan titties right now, <sighs> yeah, I was holding my breath. I don't think I've ever wanted to see a pair of boobs less in my entire life than in that moment of history. Right? Where I was like, don't show those orphan titties, yeah. please. No. Even knowing they were like 33-year-old murder titties. Yeah. Listen, I've been to some fucking I've been to some fucking scummy strip clubs in Los Angeles. Yes. But I'll bet you never. I'll bet you there was at least talk of we should get a body double and drop some titties. There's one cut of this movie that exists where like they 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 got the shot in there and they're like, "Don't do that." <laughs> There's no way that some exec didn't go, Titsell, this is a scary movie. We need oh, yeah. Titties. Well, I mean, it's Dark Castle, so you know who it was. It was Joel Silver sitting in the back room. Yeah. Like, Where are the tits in this movie? I'm not saying it was a hard mystery to solve. I'm just saying I. it was one of those things that made me love the movie more. 
Yes. So I was like, thank you. Thank you so much Thanks for not. For not everybody in the movie theater a fucking pedophile. Like, everyone feel like I wrong watching the movie. Yeah. You could tell me Esther is whatever she is. I don't want to see that. No. But I thought when she started unwrapping the gauze, I was just like, oh my God. I was like, is this about to happen? Feels like, by this point in the movie, yeah, you're like, they'll literally show me anything. Yeah. I was like, anything that happens now. Like, once they do the Esther reveal and her in a wind-out Skarsgård, I'm like, I don't know what is coming next. Yeah. Like, they, they're they just throwing it at the wall. Like, they're going for it. Everything they ever thought of is coming at me right now. <laughs> it's pretty good. I can't believe they didn't pay off the, the earpiece, though. Yeah, the hearing anything was a missed, I, missed opportunity. Cause that made me mad. They they Again, like, they show it three times. And on the third time, yeah. she takes them. You're like, why is that important? Because I thought the minute I saw them, like, those are obviously going to be important later on here. And I was oh. like, why are they important? I thought What's we were going to get a good scene of that. Nothing. Yeah. Which, missed opportunity. But we still got a really, I thought, a really awesome ending. Like, I mean, that is a fucking, yeah. that is fucking, it was, is that the same yeah. thing? That, we, we talked about it, too, because this is the hard part is, like, the killing the dragon part of the movie. Because mm-hmm. that's when the thrill and suspense is kind of gone. Yeah. She becomes a little, like, slasher villainy in this. Oh, definitely. But I thought they still did it to pretty good effect. Is that the exact same thing that uh, Naomi Watts says in The Ring 2, by the way? Which one? I'm not your fucking mommy. Right? Oh, did she? God, Ring 2, man. I I just remember the terrible CG deers. I blocked a lot of that out. (laughs) I feel like it's the same. I mean, it's still effective. It was one of those things where I'm like, yeah. Is it the same line as the ring too? Well, this is how I knew it was working. Cause my wife was watching this film with me and she's like, Oh, I saw it. And I kept that. I'm like, do you remember how this ends? And she's like, what? No, like she's not good. Right. I'm like, yeah, she's not good. Like, yeah, obviously. And she's like, yeah, I remember the end. I'm like, tell me what, like, what's the ending? She's like, you know, like she's a bad girl. And I was like, right. all right. She had forgotten. My wife forgot the twist of the movie. I was like, there's one thing you remember. How can it not How be can that? How that not be the thing? Apparently, the, only thing, so she rem- apparently the only thing Amy Griffey remembered was that little Dan Dino doesn't like movies like this. <laughs> That's she right. Did, she did Called tell out. me. She's like, you better check with Alex. He's going to be not okay Called watching this. Called out, Amy Griffey. <laughs> Called out. My wife was worried for your mental health. She thought this was too scary. She doesn't think you're a tough boy like me. Literally, we've watched That's the problem. Live, we've watched over 200 movies, a majority of them being movies that I probably would not have watched on my own or have already watched in a lot of respects. But in yeah. any sense, if I can make it through a lot of the movies you've already watched, surely Orphan Amy will not yeah. frighten me. No. Nope. You're wow. the Lily Soft one ply, dude. I had She's no, scared for you. I had no idea. Good to know where yeah, I, good man. to know where I stand. Well, my my thing was at the end, right? Because they did the classic. She gives her the macho man through the, the you know, topiary, the greenhouse, whatever the fuck those things are called. Yeah. And I was like, eh, that's all right. That's pretty cool. It's, ah, it's the first time in the movie you're like, physics. She weighs 82 pounds. Fucking jump her ass. <laughs> like, it is one of those things that bothers me. I'm like, when Skarsgård couldn't defend himself, I was like, I don't care how much wine you had. Just get stabbed a bunch. Yeah. You know, I was like, at, at the end of the day just start fucking throwing bombs like she's trying to murder you people. come on what's wrong with you <laughs> but when she they came back and she wasn't there i was like of course not right 
My only note, had I been uh, a producer editor on this, is chop everything after that off. Right. I don't want to see Max wielding the gun. I don't want to see them fighting under the water, which has no symbolic value to me. I don't want to see Esther float into the abyss. I am baffled because this movie to me, have you ever seen The Stepfather? Yeah. It's like a series of movies, right? I think mm-hmm. they did three of them, maybe more. Yeah. It was just this guy. He'd marry into a family where they couldn't follow, like, the, you know, Mayberry life he wanted. He started murdering. And it was this really fun, kitschy series, right? Esther could have been the thing. Esther's totally. so fucking good. I would have loved to see a stepfather series because that's what I would ask myself is, well, once you know that she's an old lady, yeah. does it bother you? And, and not even an old lady, like a my age lady. I mean, the... I think, and I was like, no, because when you rewatch Orphan, it works right. even well, better to I me think, once you know what she is. Right, and I think a sequel lends itself to asking, I mean, in all honesty, like really fascinating ethical questions moving forward, knowing the information you know, because like... I mean, hey, there are a lot of fucking creeps out in the world. You're telling me there's not a sequel to this movie where Esther doesn't take advantage of a pedophile? I mean, come on. I'm just saying. We go all hard candy on it? Yeah, I mean, she could totally pull a hard well, he's candy. Not a, I mean, yeah, I guess he would be a pedophile still because he thinks. Right. I mean, maybe Esther maybe maybe Esther finds her way into a maybe Esther finds her way into a Catholic uh, you know, Catholic adoption facility and <laughs> takes him out. Just she could have killed so many, so many dads. Perhaps right? Esther what I mean, is right? the so you get, anti-hero yeah. we all needed. Yeah, I mean, you get a good two, maybe a three. By part four, it's just all sexual puns. Yes, everything said to Esther is an innuendo. Right? Like it's all sex jokes, and then it gets rebooted in like twenty thirty. But I was like, I, I think that ending is a little. All right, I didn't need that, right? Like, leave it open. Let Esther be out there, right? She survived this long being a creepy arsonist dad. I mean, that old Russian Bible from the sanitarium had, what, 10 pictures we saw? 10 dead families. Now, I know for a fact a friend of mine, a good dear friend of mine, actually wrote the prequel to this movie. And I have it on good word that once the covid thing is manageable for them they are hoping the production will start so there's a great chance we will get the esther prequel awesome uh probably not with the same actress which is a huge bummer but more esther is good to me i mean this movie soars on a lot of levels right it's it's thrilling the acting's good the rich couple is so weird and confusing and hateable it's this perfect amalgam of all the things that are great and esther as the sweet, articulate, she's the dream fucking child who then becomes scary. And that's what works is when these kids are everything that we want them to be, right? And none of our kids ever live up to that, right? Like, be a perfect rule-following, smart, articulate, whatever, right? Be a right. little robot. Kids can't do that. It's not, it's not their job, right? We think as parents we need to make them perfect. Yeah. They can't be. And in this movie they say, what if they are, right? The scene that is devastating to me, right? Probably my favorite scene on the rewatch. I was like, what? Is when she's playing the piano, right? And the mom comes in and she's like, what? And she's just like, oh, hey, drunk former piano teacher. Uh, Sorry, I'm way better than you. I know it must be hard that 
Your son doesn't care and your other daughter's deaf, bitch. P.S. I'm better than you. You know, and does like a... And walks away. I was like, the fucking cutting, vicious, biting nature of that scene. But that's what it is. She's this little prodigy, perfect child. And in that moment, though, her her adopted mother is reviling and disgusted at her because she's not who she wanted her to be, but she's better in her own way. It... it this movie extrapolates out to the best degree all of these fun games of the Evil Child movie. Yes. I have nothing to add. That was a perfect summation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. I just want another movie where we just, Esther, we cut away to Esther creepily staring at us. <laughs> that's I would do that for another three hours. All right, guys. That's it for Orphan. Maybe not it for Esther ever. Hopefully not. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed Evil Spawn Month. So many good evil kid movies. I find it's one of those themes we'll probably circle back to someday. There will be more evil children on uh, this podcast feed someday. So we're working on next month's theme. We have some of it. We're working on filling it out. We have some other episodes uh, for some newer release video on demand stuff that's been really good coming out, guys. And also... We're barreling ever closer to our October horror movie mega marathon. Uh, we have recorded a lot of episodes already. We're gathering some great guests uh, who will share some horror movies they love. So every single day in October, we will be releasing a new horror movie episode, uh, focusing on some big series and again, some guest stuff. So prepare yourselves for that. Uh, as always, Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. You can watch our beautiful faces. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the pod, especially if that's Apple Podcasts app. Follow us on all the socials, and you can reach out there as well. Also, you can feel free to reach out to us, uh, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, with your ideas for movies, themes, suggestions, guests, and all that good stuff. True. Go ahead. Special shout out to our sponsor this month, Usual Wines. Thank you very much, guys. If you did not, please find yourself a fine vintage on their website and use the promo code FILM. Help us out. It also gets you $8 off your order. That's right. Yeah. Make sure you're ordering Usual Wine with the code FILM so you don't drink whatever the fuck that was that made Peter Skarsgård contemplate banging his adopted daughter. That's bad wine. You need usual wine. Yes. Because then you send her to a room like a good dad. 